0: One here today, opportunity to be together. I th- I think if I would have one here today, opportunity to be together. I th- I think if I would have hand picked the hymns, I couldn't have done any better than the ones that were picked out because they're, they. If you think back once you hear the message. And you look at the hymns, they go perfectly with the, the hymns that were selected. So uh, I'm so very grateful for that. I'd like for you to turn in the book of James, if you would, the first chapter. James, the first chapter. Now, today, this is not unusual, and I'm sure probably if Aaron picked these out, and I think he did, Uh, but um, he could probably say there's a high percentage that I know what the pastor's going to preach on. So, But I just want to say that as I consider all the different areas and ways the Scripture approaches going through trials and going through circumstances in life that are less than pleasant... The the word of God has so much to say, but I just want to tell you up front. And so unless someone says, well, you know, that sounds really, really easy. I'm just going to tell you that as we go through our trials and you go through your trials, we are human. We have emotions. We have feelings. We have concerns. And so we're not like robots that just, oh, I'm just going to plug this in and I'm just going to go right through it. And it's just going to be, you know, one great big, you know, wonderful time. I mean, it. God gives us answers, reasons what he's doing, why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, He's wanting to conform us to the image of Christ. And so there are things that are going on, but this This message today is to give us a little bit of a handle from the scripture on how to be prepared to deal with the circumstances in life that are less than pleasant. I will say it that way. And some of them are just downright very difficult and hard. And as I think about, I think about in the last year, year and a half. In, in our ministry, full-time ministry now, 46 years, full-time ministry, I cannot think of a period of time in the last year and a half, two years, of people that we know and love that have gone through some of the most difficult. I mean, you know, my grandmother, we used to laugh and, and say, she would say, this is the worst winter we've ever had. And she would say, this is the worst cold I've ever had. And it was always the worst. Well, maybe that's showing up a little bit in my life right now. But I'm just saying, I don't know of a time that I've known more people that we love and care for and care about that have gone through, that are going through some of the most difficult times in their lives, some of the most challenging times in their lives. And if you look even around this room, you just look in this room and then outside the li- and with the live streaming. But you just look inside this room and there are some stories. There are some circumstances. There are some families that are going through really, really difficult times. And if you're not and you say, I- I'm not in that group, praise God that you're not. And you ought to be one of the first ones to jump and shout, if you will, and say, praise God, I, I'm, I'm spared at this moment. But if you are a child of God, hang on, because I think your day will come, because God promises to chasten those whom He loves, and He promises to conform us to the image of Christ. And being conformed to Christ is no easy matter. Because we are human and we have our old nature, and, and God is in the process of changing our behavior, our character, to be more like Christ every day. And that's already been prayed from this pulpit today. So, so let's look at this. We'll see what we can do with it. But the, the, the most that can be done is going to be the Holy Spirit working in your life. If you're open, you're ready, you're hungry, you're eager, you're saying, Lord, you show me, show me some things in my life that I need to know today. He will teach you, and he, will, he is there for you. First verse, verse, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, wanting nothing, lacking nothing. I am looking forward to some things in the future here. I'll just make a quick comment. I, I'm looking forward to August the 22nd when, the, when Aaron and different ones that are going to be involved put together a afternoon service that's going to be centered toward children. And I'm, I really am looking forward to that. I, I just feel like that's going to be a special, special time uh, for everyone and I think I think the parents will appreciate it and I think um, I think the children will really I hope they look forward to it so James James a servant of God James the half-brother of the Lord Jesus a bond servant of God or a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ bond you've heard all the different accounts and all the teaching throughout the years it's it's in Greek culture. It's most often referred to as involuntary, in other words, being a servant or is involuntary. It's it's some many times it was a permanent service of a slave. But Paul, when he when he refers to uh, a servant of God, he's elevating this to like a bond servant, if you will. A bondservant is a word in the Hebrew sense to describe a servant who willingly, and I really find this interesting and encouraging, willingly commits himself to serve a master. When you're a servant of the Lord, you willingly commit yourself to serve a master that he loves and respects. And there were servants that when their time was paid... Their debt was paid that they they chose. They made a, a decision to stay uh, as a, a bond servant. And you've heard the account where they would take the all and and put the all in their earlobe on the doorpost. And and it was very symbolic of I am free. I'm I'm able to leave. My my debt is paid, but. I'm choosing to stay here because I love you, I want to serve you, and I respect you. So there's a lot to the words here concerning uh, servants and bond servants. and these were scattered abroad. these uh, believers and I and I did so much reading and there are so many things. I'll leave to the real scholarly to break down the all the different kingdoms and all the different things for you. But basically, in a nutshell, easy to understand, these folks had been scattered because of persecution. The majority, the audience here, the the ones that James is addressing, they had been scattered because of persecution, because of pressure, because of threats, and because of their faith, because of their walk with the Lord Jesus. And they were believing these were believers that were suffering persecution and James is saying to that group those that are going through difficult times they've had to leave their homes they've had to leave family they've been scattered abroad and they're he's saying to you to them count it all joy count it all joy my brethren referring to believers, when you fall into the divers' temptations. Count it all joy. I've done a study on this many, many times. I've looked it up, but even this recently, I looked back at W.E. Vine, and I read some John MacArthur, and it's, it, this is one of the most encouraging little statements to me. It's a a Greek word, count it all joy. Count it all joy is to consider or evaluate. Consider consider what you're going through. Evaluate what you're going through. Count it all joy. Um, The Greek word is spelled, if you want the spelling, some of you would like that. It's H-E-G-E-O-M-A-I. It means to lead the way. It, it's a Greek word that means to lead the way. And W. Vine makes it very clear. So if you take that Greek word for count, count, to lead the way. And he, he makes it very encouraging to me and very clear to all of us. It says It's to lead the way. Before the mind. In other words, this is an issue of the mind and where we, our thoughts are. And it, all, it has so much to do with the battlefield for the mind. You've heard so many messages on that throughout your lifetime, I'm sure, where Satan is attacking. And he attacks our mind and our thoughts. And we begin to have these thoughts, and these fiery darts come our way. And so you have to be aware So when you're going through your trial, when you're facing your trial, whatever it is, and and again, we're human, and we feel emotion, and we feel pain, but we need to be reminded very firmly and very clearly that we count it all joy. We lead before the mind certain things, certain facts. You know, these are facts. You lead before the mind certain truth. That God, so you have to know, you have to meditate, you have to study, you have to be familiar with, so that when you face your trial, there are certain things that you can lead before your mind as you're going through your trial. You just don't leave it up to, like, happenstance, or, you know, what do my friends say? No. We concentrate on what does God say? What does the word of God say? So I I encounter my circumstance. I encounter my trial. and, And that's where you have to be alone. That's why you have to set aside some time. You need to be alone and quiet and have all the things cut off. So that you can hear and and think and and listen for the voice of God as He speaks. And He'll always speak the Word of God back to you. It's always going to be lined up with Scripture. And so, count it all joy. And lead before your mind certain truths from God's Word. Now, there are... uh, We have opportunity to respond to our trials to our circumstances we have a a, a opportunity to respond in a christ-like way the way god intends and and you take all the that all things work together for good and you have to be aware of that and be certain of that as you're going through your trial so you leave that before your mind count it all joy my You've heard me say this. And I think some of you that remember some of the stories I tell. But uh, Brother Melton, Dr. Gerald Melton, uh, would explain it this way about joy. And some of you may, I hope you remember. But he said, when you go through a trial, the first, as a, as a new Christian, as a young Christian, you go through a trial and your capacity for joy is much smaller, but with a right response with a right response to your circumstances, with a Christ-like response to your trial, then with each new trial, and folks, they start when you become a believer, and you will all the way to the grave. You're going to have them. And with each new trial, your capacity and joy is the fruit of the Spirit. A fruit of the Spirit. So with each passing circumstance, your capacity for joy and being filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit increases with each trial. So you go through one and it's there's a tight it's tight. It's a tight spot. You say, oh. I just don't know if I can make it through this one. And you respond properly, you lead before the mind, and you allow the Lord to minister to you and be there for you and comfort you and be all that He intends to be for you during that trial. You go through it and you make it through the tight spot. And then there's an increased capacity for joy with each new trial. So as we go through life all the way to the grave, that's why people that are older, many times, and and the best the best case scenario is they would be so Christ-like, and that's why that's why Scripture elevates that we should respect and learn from the older ones, the elders, not elder the office of elder, but the elders. We should learn because if they've responded properly, they can share with you and comfort you and help you to see. Here's what God's doing. Be encouraged. You can make it through this. So it's lead before the mind. But, but because we are human, and I, I could take a survey right now and say, well, we've all had the opportunity to pass the test. How many of us have passed the test? Well, no, we don't pass every test right at first. But you know what? The special thing about the loving father that we have he will give you another opportunity. He will give you another opportunity to pass a same similar type test. So, But our, our human response to trials is normally not to be in a grateful, joyful, rejoicing attitude. And, and what can happen if we respond from a, from a human with our old nature... We can begin to even do things like just dwell on why. You know, in the middle of the night, you wake up. Why? Why is this happening to me? Why, Lord? Why would you let this happen? You say you love me, but I don't see your love in this. This is so hard. Why? So we can we can ask why? Why? And it's very scriptural to ask for it to be removed. The Apostle Paul did that. And I've got lots of messages that I've preached around those scriptures. Asking the Lord to remove the thorn in the flesh. And so that's, that's very normal. You could, it's okay to ask for it to re, be removed, taken away. But here's the, the bad, the negative of responding as a, in our natural state. Not in the spiritual way, but in a natural. We, we complain. We murmur. Our mood is difficult for others to be around. We begin to cast blame. Folks, I'm going to tell you. How many times have we heard people, a trial, a bad thing happens, and the first thing people start doing is pointing a finger at somebody They, They just feel like they've got to blame somebody. But ultimately, ultimately, certainly we can agree on the fact that God is sovereign. And God is in total control. And I believe with all of my heart, nothing can enter the life of a believer apart from God giving his divine permission. Nothing And you can give the list upon list upon list. Nothing can enter into our lives without God allowing it to come our way. So we can blame others all day long. But I'm telling you, that's a carnal response to your trial. Casting blame, murmuring. Then it many times becomes inward and we get discouraged we begin to get very down we can Christians don't like to use the word but we get we can get depressed and that's that's a natural that's from the na- our our old man depression and then depression can even lead to prescription drugs and alcohol and, and that happens in Christian homes and Christian families. Because we, we, haven't, we haven't learned that the Holy Spirit is sufficient. We haven't learned that He is all we need. And, and so we turn to another source to help us make it through the day. And so those are negative responses and that's a natural response, which is not the proper response to our trials. The crucibles, Brother Melton used to always talk about the crucibles of life. The crucibles of life, those crossroads of life where it's the most challenging set of circumstances you've ever faced. Ever in your whole life. We have an opportunity to respond We do have an opportunity to respond like Christ would have us to respond. We have a choice. I do believe in the free will of man. And so God gives us a choice. The trial comes, He permitted it, and He gives us the opportunity to choose whether we're going to choose to respond out of the Spirit or out of the flesh. Out of the Spirit or out of the flesh. Out of the character of Christ. That Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory, are in the negative. The way our flesh would respond. Let me, let me flip back over here to a passage in, in 2 Thessalonians. Why don't you turn there if you would. 2 Thessalonians <clears throat> I want you look at this, <clears throat> 2 Thessalonians 2 through 4. <clears throat> Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith Now, I want you to look at these words. I mean, these as we've heard so many times, how many times have you heard from this pulpit? Each word is so critical and important. Just don't look, just pass over it. That your faith groweth exceedingly. Look at that. That just captivates my, my thought. That your faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. So your faith increases exceedingly. And your love for each other. Your love for brothers and sisters in the the body of Christ aboundeth. See the word exceedingly. It increases exceedingly and your love for each other aboundeth. See those two key words? Now look at verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. I believe that passage is saying As we endure, as we endure our suffering, our persecution, that our faith will increase exceedingly and our love for each other will abound. Those are two benefits of responding properly. So a right response... A response led by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, increased faith. And who of us would not want to see our faith increased? And more love in the body of Christ. And I would say the body of Christ needs to love each other more. But a wrong response would be basically the opposite. A lack of faith. So a wrong response is going to produce in the body of Christ a wrong response. And it's going to be kind of like dominoes. When you go through your trial and, and you don't respond properly, then there's going to be a lack of faith. But it doesn't just stop with you. It can spread to others. That negativity can spread to others. And so your lack of faith and your lack of love See, because that gets into the area, you you begin to murmur and complain and begin to blame and then you begin to snap. How many of you have been in a trial, a circumstance, and in your home, you know, in your home, that's where really the everyone really knows you best. They really, I mean, you know, look, we can come here, we can put on our suits and ties, and we can, you know, say howdy and all this stuff, but it's in our home. It's where our children. It's what our children see every day in us. They see our response. They watch. They're they're tuned in. They're paying attention. They're watching. And they're learning. And I am convinced that we are reproducing ourselves and our children. Many times, they've learned it. They've learned Behavior by what they've learned from their parents around the dinner table. If they all sit at the dinner table. So count it all joy. Consider. Evaluate. Lead before your mind. These truths that God is saying you should count it all joy. And remember certain things from God's word. This was uh, Dr. John Morgan. Most of you know who I'm speaking of at Sagemont. Dr. John Morgan, I'll never forget. It was on finances. Because he taught seminars on paying cash for church buildings. So he and I spent some time together, visiting together. And he spoke at a couple of our churches. And he had a statement about finances. But it applies to what we're talking about here today. He said, God always pays for whatever he orders. If he orders it. He always pays for it. So I want you all to think about something. And, and, and this is, I know this may be difficult at times. But if God says, count it all joy. Everything in scripture that God tells us to do. He, he will always give us the grace and the power and the desire to do whatever it is he's asked us to do. He will never ask anything of us that he will not give us the grace To do it. And the congregation had a resounding amen. I want you to just. I mean if you don't get anything. Think about it. God never. asks Or requires. Anything. Of us. That he will not give the grace. He will always give the grace. And the power. To do whatever it is, he's asked you to do. He's asked you to count it all joy. He's asked you to count it all joy. He will provide the grace for you. He's asked you to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now we went. We've been over this a time or two. Temptation. This is not a temptation to sin. This word is really a, a, a trial. Circumstance is less than comfortable, but it's a trial. So, whenever you fall into divers, that's a variety. I love that that word. And I think, if I remember correctly, the word divers temptations, it's, it's a variety of trials. That's why, Bill, your trial is different than my trial. But I have my trials. And that's why these over here have their trials and they're different than your trials. And they're different than my trials. Because we we all have. We all. All of us. Have our different levels of trials. But they're not the same. I've never walked in your moccasins. And you've not walked in mine. And so. The thing of it is. There's a variety of trials out there. Uh, variegated multiple different trials. John MacArthur said, "These this is a Greek word that connotes trouble or something that breaks the pattern of peace and comfort and joy and happiness in someone's life. It's a verb form to put someone or something to the test with the purpose of discovering, and I, I thought this was really good, It's a verb form, to put someone or something to the test with the purpose. There is a purpose behind it, but to test the person's nature or the quality of their character. The quality of their, it is a test. These persecutions, these trials, these circumstances that are difficult, they are all intended to test the quality of our faith. The quality of our character. We all say, yeah, we love the Lord. We love the Lord. We sing the hymns. We, you know, write a check. We are, we are believers. But the test is putting the pressure, the squeeze, and it's testing the quality of our character that God is developing in us. So every trial, every circumstance every pressure point that God allows, every one of them that God allows to come into our life is designed to test our faith and strengthen us. Faith of sin. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith... Verse 3. Let's go back to James real quick. Go back to James. I love the words when the word says knowing this. this You should know this. This This is what God is up to. This is what God is doing. Knowing this, that the trying or the testing of your faith worketh patience... The trying of your faith worketh patience. This testing of your faith, it's approving of your faith. It's, it's working patience. W. Vine says that Greek word for patience is that which grows only in trial. This patience, this kind of patience in this word, it only grows. It only increases. It is only developed in our lives. This patience is only developed during a trial. You don't don't get this patience, this word. You don't get this character quality developed in your life any other way than a trial. John MacArthur said he likes to interpret or say that word patience is endurance or perseverance. Endurance, so knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience or it works endurance. It works perseverance. Somebody can stay with it. You see there are, in my lifetime, I've observed so many, way too many so-called Christians. Now, whether they're Christians or not, who we don't know for sure. But they've turned their back on Christ. They have started denying Christ. Saying there's no God. They started out believing. Saying they believed. Whether they really believe genuinely or not. I can't say. But as they've gone through life. Now many of them have turned their back. And some of the top. Some of the high profile people. And some that have written books. And things about Christianity. They've turned their back. And so. If we will respond properly, think about this. You count it all joy. You lead before your mind. Knowing, you have confidence, knowing that the testing or trying of my faith worketh patience. Or it works endurance in my life where I can stay to the end. Or perseverance. So that I don't end up throwing in the towel toward the end of my life and saying I quit. Does that does that make sense at all? Does that make any sense at all? It's perseverance. It's staying with it. It's patience. So the church, I believe, the church has a responsibility to teach this truth. I believe every believer needs to understand because look, here's the thing. You know, there's a saying in law enforcement: ignorance of the law is, of the law is no excuse. Well, Christian, let me just say this lovingly and gently as I know how. If you've never been exposed to anything like this and you've never been taught this and you're genuinely born again, it doesn't mean you're not going to go through it anyway. You're still going to go through it. God's still going to conform you to the image of Christ. Even even if you've never heard anybody teach that this is how we are to respond and this is what's going to happen and this is what is produced. Through your trials. So just because you've never heard it, and that's why it's so, I think it's really wrong for churches to never address responding properly in a Christ like fashion to trials. I think it's doing a disservice to the church. I, I think it's just unfair to new Christians. New believers are excited about their faith, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, First round of life, they've, they've got a challenge. They've got a they've got something going on stressful. And if they've never been taught, they've never been told what the word of God, truth, if they've never been told, then they're gonna be in despair. So our, our faith will be tested. Our faith will be tested. Let me read you another passage real quickly in First Peter chapter one, six and seven. You can turn there or whatever real quickly. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, that now for a season, if need be, for in ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that that powerful to you? Tried with fire. Tested with fire. That it might be found under praise and honor Honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Folks, if we can just endure all the way to the end and not give up and not get discouraged and and respond in a Christ-like way, the testing of our faith is more precious than gold and there'll be there'll be praise and honor and glory when Jesus Christ comes for his bride so the testing of our faith produces patience our endurance our perseverance patience let patience have a perfect work Let God develop, build Christ's character in us. And the result will be a deeper communion. I can promise you a proper response to your circumstance, to your difficulty, will produce a a deeper communion between you and your Father. And you will develop, as you go along, you will develop a greater trust in His ability to meet you in the middle, in the crisis of your life. That that confidence has to build. It's like building blocks. And it's one on top of the other, on top of the other. It's proper response, proper response, proper response, proper response to each trial. a deeper communion, and a greater trust. And that's called maturity. We're all supposed to be heading that way, growing in Christ, maturing in Christ. And you know, that's just not pain-free. I mean, that's not without some, some pain along the way, some cost along the way. But it produces a stable, steadfast, godly character that's truly trusting in our Heavenly Father for everything. It's everything that you face in life. You begin to get to the point where you say every detail of life, every paycheck, every circumstance, every opportunity, every open door, you just see it as the hand of God. And the Bible over and over reinforces the fact that our faith will be tested. And I want to kind of Read this Romans 5, if you would. Turn back to Romans 5. I mean, there are passages all through the Bible that, that we need to spend time looking at. But we'll begin reading in verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. that that word experience, you've heard me say this, but it's really important to I, you need to highlight it, you need to make note that word experience means proven or tested character. It's character that has been, Tested by fire. So knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So there is a, a constant reoccurring theme in the, in the Bible That teaches that we will go through challenges, but they're not to overtake us. And I love that song. Some through the water, some through the uh, fire, some through the flood, but all through the blood. I mean, it's it's true. And we're going to face it, and you're going to face it. We all have it to deal with in our lives. So could we today, as we come to the conclusion of this service, could we today... Say, dear Lord, I want to respond in a Christ-like fashion. I want to respond by receiving the grace that you give me for each trial of my life. And if you could conclude, if you're a believer here, now if you're not a believer and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, and that's only by faith and believing in Him and giving your heart to Him and believing that He's already done all the work, on the cross, it ever needs to be done. He's paid it all. And he went to the grave and came up out of the grave three days later and and victorious over uh, death, hell, and the grave. And so, so that's the way you get saved is believing, trusting completely in the Lord Jesus Christ. But as a believer, if you could just conclude in your heart today, God, I desire today, I want to commit... To you I want to receive your grace for every trial I face in my life and I want to say yes Lord every time you allow something to come my way I'm going to trust you that you're working God's godly character in my life developing Christ-like responses and character in me and today if you could just draw that line and say today is the day I'm saying yes no matter what it is we face I'm going to receive God's grace. I'm going to take His grace that He's given me for the challenges of life. And then you'll be a part of the fruit of the Spirit blossoming and growing in your life. And producing Christ-like character. And and that is going to be attractive to non-believers. When they see all this going on where there's a greater and deeper faith in you. And greater love for the brethren and the, the fruit of the Spirit being produced in your life, that's an attractant for lost people to say, I want to know more. I want you to tell me more. And how many times in our life, as we've gone through trials, have people come and said, I notice there's a difference in you. I want to hear why there's a difference. And, and that hap- that's happened many times in our lives, in our experience. So I would encourage you today, use this invitation just for that and say, Lord, I, here I am, and I am saying yes to you in advance that I want to receive the grace. I open my heart to the grace that you're going to give me for each trial, each test that comes my way. Let's spend some time in prayer before we have our invitation. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God and how practical it is, how how available it is and how important it is that we that we understand, that we learn the challenges that we all face. We all have these different variety of trials and circumstances that are very difficult. And as we walk through them, Father, we walk through them, we walk through them many times. We feel like we're alone. We feel like that no one really understands. But Father, I thank you that we never are left alone once we're born again, once we're saved. We're never alone because you never leave us nor forsake us. And you are always there in us and through us with each passing trial. We love you, Father. We commit this invitation to you and may it glorify you And may many be encouraged and, and recommitted to living a life all the way to the end of endurance and patience and love and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.